0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Happy Festivus, Jeff. It is your favorite holiday of the year.
1: Yeah, and it's a Friday, so one of my grievances, which you didn't ask about yet, but I'll ask the question for you, is, hey, Jeff, did you watch Thursday Night Football? Oh, I hope you didn't. Oh, well... Jets versus Jaguars. I hope you did okay. So I, I don't need to say anything more as far as grievances that they put Jets versus Jaguars on Thursday night football, and there's a human being named Jason who thinks it's a good idea to ask me the next day if I watched it.
0: So I was texting friends because following up on our conversation last week about the lack of offense for certain periods of time in the Army-Navy game, mm-hmm. the Jets had 78 total yards of offense into the third quarter before they brought in their – Backup to the backup to the backup who came off the practice squad who then proceeded to get 84 yards on one drive. Uh, just, yes, Zach, I watched I'm the just game. saying this
1: now. Here's my over-exaggeration for the day. Zach Wilson equals Ryan Leaf. I think you, actually, I don't
0: think it's an over-exaggeration at this point. The only thing keeping from that comparison is that the number one is pick JL- hasn't <laughs> turned into, no, the, well, that. But the number one pick hasn't turned into Peyton Manning yet. The number one you know who they took and who they could have taken justin fields they could have taken other yeah, players
1: but he, play, he played him last night and you could tell the difference night and day who's got potential and who's just a brat out there. i'd like to point out that you watched
0: enough of thursday night or highlights from thursday night highlights. to be able to credibly highlights. speak about it on the show today and fake it all right let's we'll leave our grievances there we will get back to them we'll get to them with our guest dave raymond but why don't we go have some fun uh, and then we'll come back and talk more Jeff. All right, Jeff, let's have some fun with uh, the ambassador of fun himself, who joins the show once again. I can't wait to talk to him. Dave Raymond. Thank you for the time. Wait,
1: hold on. Oh, did I? What? I I, I already screwed up the interview, Jeff. It's the end of the year. Last show. You might as well screw it up. He is now not the ambassador of fun. I got not it wrong. Just the ambassador of fun. He is now the hero of happiness. Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. for Misidentifying yeah. you,
2: Jason. It's okay. Nobody else knows that. I'm trying to tell everybody. That's what it's,
0: well, it's, uh, Jeff apparently is up on these things. I am not up on the latest information, but I love that title too. Um, you should, if this whole mascot thing doesn't work out and, and happiness and fun, you should go into a branding thing just for people's slogans because you've got great okay. job titles every time
1: yeah but he takes all right, them
2: all for himself yeah you you and jeff are my agent i'll give you 10 you don't get 20 percent. i'll give you 10
1: we figured we'd have there's nobody better to have on at the end of the year to talk good things but also to talk we'll talk later about the airing of grievances because it is festivus but before we get to that why don't you tell us about the hero of happiness
2: well it's just it's been um i honestly think that um you know, you get this moment in your life. Hopefully, everybody would get an opportunity to say, "This is what I'm here for." Um, you know, the the business of um, of speaking has. You know, I've been speaking for you know for over 40 years because when I was with the Phillies, part of the outreach was to go go tell community groups why the fanatic is important. Um, and in '77, I started a company called the Fund Department, which was a, a company that's still uh, chugging along now, and it's was um, in employee engagement, morale, retention—it was about coming in and taking a break and enjoying themselves. And and um, you know, I learned that there was real value to this message, and it's led me now to where, uh, for the last six years, I, most of my business—I'm I'm still have my marketing business, Raymond Entertainment, where we're designing and building character brands. But in part because of what the philosophy was to get these clients to understand why they were investing in fun, led me to the storytelling of, of difficult times that I had in my life that I just didn't share before. Um, and, and the fact that being the fanatic actually saved uh, me from, you know, from, from being in a, a state of uh, hopelessness, which is a bad state to be in. Um, and so to be able to get in front of an audience and, and tell these stories of the fanatic, which I love, but, but have the value of it, of the message being you can do this yourselves, and, um, and what's great, I, I guess maybe not so great when you realize why it's happening, but because of the last two years, leadership has had a chance to take a breath now and realize now that they opted in for physical safety, they got to look at their mental, uh, you know, the mental component of their lives and their employees' lives. So when I was asked to speak before, it was, well, we'd like you to talk to our sales department, talk a little bit about how this branding can help our sales efforts, and we want you to talk to our leadership about, you know, how they might be able to inspire their groups. Now they're saying, forget about it, Dave, no industry jargon. We want you to come and talk about self-care. Um, and that's that's a beautiful thing because, you know, you, it goes in cycles. So we got through the pandemic. Many people um, have been able to make their businesses thrive from some of those lessons, and then they realize we, we, we haven't been taking care of our people. Um, we're losing some of our A players, and um, so I'm I'm going to Nashville in January for a big um, a chemical company that handles all of the pool business. Um, so it, there's their version of fun, and I'm talking to their people about um, self-care, not about the business of of chlorine uh, sanitizing pools and making the place safe for everybody. It's just about you know taking care of themselves. So I I'm just blessed. I'm excited. It's it's growing, and I do. I get to perform again, um, and uh, but I but I get to have a voice. <laughs> for it, a it
0: seems like performance on a different level, though, in terms of sometimes the seriousness of that when you when you talk about mental health challenges. What's it like for you to be able to tell a story and have people relate to that story on a level like that, as opposed to working with your friend in the green costume who's just there for smiles and entertainment.
2: Well, I think that well, that's a great way to describe it, Jason. That you have a tendency that when you're working in the environment as being the best friend of the fanatic, um, you know the work is very difficult, but but the payoff is amazing because people yell constantly. It's I say, look, what would it be like to walk into the environment where you're supposed where you're getting paid to work, and everybody greets you with, "I love you, <laughs> give me a hug, take a picture with me." I mean, so that was very healthy. And it's one of the things that I discovered that that helped me during difficult times. But when you have people come up to you at the end of a talk, and they say one of two things, they'll say, I'm so glad to hear you talk about these things, because I've been doing them naturally. And I did them when I was sick, or they'll describe some struggle. And, and now I recognize it's important for me to do that. And I wasn't giving that much value. Or like a young girl from Florida, uh, uh, 18 years old, talking to me like she was telling me a joke, said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about suicide, but after hearing you talk, I'm not going to think about that anymore. And I, you know, I had to bite my bottom lip so I didn't look shocked. And I said, do me a favor. We issue she she happened to be from Fort Lauderdale. And I said, when you go back home to Florida, find somebody that you trust, a family member, a friend, and tell them the same thing you told me, uh, because that's an important step. And you just, you know, that and it wasn't anything specific that I did other than sharing my true story and my struggles when, when I was at the same place where I, I was considering um, suicide in the midst of having that wonderful job because my because the brutality of life was visiting me. And that's what happened. So I can do all the things I love to do. I can connect to people. I can entertain them and then give them a message that really has value. And that, that's that's what we call serious fun. Um, because the seriousness is that, you know, people need this. And, and so uh, it's exciting and it's wonderful. And then, and then, of course, I get to watch my Phillies, you know, make it to the World Series. I mean, I, I just, you know, it, it, all of that stuff uh, has been happening recently, and I'm, I'm
1: blessed and excited to keep doing this. So let's talk about that for a minute, because you, you saw the glow on your face when, when we were talking, when you just mentioned the Phillies. Well, as, as now just a fan, as a guy that, that doesn't have to go on the field, what's it like to be able to just kind of sit in the stands? And, and I've heard you. I've been with you. I've, I've seen, seen you at games. I you're hear not you're quiet. not a wallflower at games, Mr. Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun was this year for you and the people that you saw around you?
2: Well, it's all, it's difficult. It's like showing people pictures of your vacation and you know how great it was and how beautiful it was, but it's, it's, it's just hard for them to capture it with that photo. But just to give you some sense, I've got, my kids are grown. Um, my, my oldest, my 33 year old son, Kyle is in Colorado. So we're texting. I'm showing him videos We're you know, the games on TV that we weren't there, we're all connected. And my daughters are adults. We, um, Probably the young man that is my future first son-in-law has been going out with Maddie for a long time. We all came to the game. Um, I had bought some cigars from Brian Prop's company, um, and I lit it up with Derek, uh, Maddie's boyfriend, and we we were out at a tailgate smoking these cigars. And I have this great picture of all of us together at the back end of this pickup truck that was one of uh, Derek's friends that we went to this tailgate. And then we went in and, and uh, we were uh, in the Hall of Fame area and we sat there and we saw the game. And my, my 17-year-old son, who's my youngest and just has become this enormous uh, sports fan, but first an Eagles fan. And now just like you, Jeff, like your son, he'd he come running to me with a tweet to go, look who the Phillies got. I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm downstairs working in my office. He's running in with a, with a tweet and he's so into it. So we're take. And he said his dream was, he said, Dad. I just wanted the Phillies to make the playoffs, and I wanted to make a playoff game in person. And I've, I've lived my dream. And we saw when Reese Hoskins hit the two two two-run homers. It was basically the next day was Roy Hobbs, right? It was quintessential Roy Hobbs. But we saw little pieces of Roy Hobbs throughout that whole game because we what we went down was it was it four to nothing or six to nothing after four to nothing after the first inning. But I told my son, I told Dylan, I go, this isn't over. You know, this team is is going to come back. And the, every time you were sitting there in the stands going, I, I wonder, or I wish this could happen. And then it happened. And it was, um, I, I'm actually glad that we, because of the, the rain out, we couldn't make the world series game that we, that, that on a Thursday, which would have been a bad one. And we, I just was really glad that I didn't have to see that. I mean, I sat and watched <laughs> it in the TV, but uh, with my family, but um, the only way I can say it is that just to see, my kids experience it the way I always hoped that they might, and it's the same thing that we talked about your relationship with your son Jeff and how you know he wants to. There's a, there's part of him that wants to be in this business, and it's all because you know he's lived it and breathed it. And because you know, we a good parenting. One of the few things I've done as a parent that was great was make sure my kids hated the Cowboys, hated the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, and the New York Giants, sorry Jeff, uh, and, you had, you had to go. <laughs> and I, you I had brought to. them up the right way, yo, you know, and and I'm sitting here wearing my Eagles hat, I've uh-huh. got a coffee cup, the Eagles coffee cup, and um, I can't wait for Saturday, uh, maybe a little Minshew magic, who knows, um, but it's, it's just so spectacular, that's spectacular is the way I can describe it, to be able to be with your family, and we're blessed that everybody's healthy, and things are going well, which, you know, life isn't always like that, um, but And it did, you know, like crime went down. I mean, we hear all about the crime in the inner cities around the country and gun violence and all that thing. Well, the crimes in Philadelphia dipped to to the lowest it's been um, since the recent surge in crime. Because I said the criminals are like, oh, let's watch the Phillies game. We're not going. You talk about happiness,
0: though. People are happier when the team in the city is doing well. They they put on their hat, they put on their jersey, they say hello to somebody that they don't know, and say to go for the team. Like my son's got to see that for the first time, really, with a team on the run. Now my two and a half year old really only cared where the fanatic was, frankly. So he just kept looking for where he was on the TV, but they got to see that happiness that a community has when your team is experiencing that and their fans are on the ride too.
2: Yeah, and you, you see the way we're talking about it. So this is this goes into the, the message of, of powerful fun or, or serious fun, that if you look at it from the lens of connecting uh, without any discussion about race or sex or religion or uh, politics, if you're wearing the Phillies pinstripes, you are a member of the family. Now, the fanatic's vision of that is that he looks at everybody and truly, if you're wearing the Phillies pinstripes, come on over here and give me a hug. I'll give you a noogie. I'm sticking my tongue in your face. I mean, because you're, you're a member of our family. That's really important in today's world when you see that. And I love capturing pictures of the stands with the fanatic you know, on the field, looking up in the stands and then get a high res picture and then zoom in on all the colors, all the shapes, men, women, old, young, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, that, that as long as you're, you're, uh, a, a member of that group by wearing the colors. And this is what is so important for sports, people who dismiss sports and why, why are we doing this? Why are we paying all these guys this much, much money? You know, um, It's it's because it really is important. Um, It is one of the few places where you walk into and just your your problems just roll off your shoulders for a few hours. Um, And you and like you said, you connect to strangers with high fives and hugs when your team's playing well and when your team's not playing well, it, it just highlights how great it is when they do win which is what life is
1: like, you know, well, unless, I know? Unless you're a Flyers fan, in which case it's <laughs> just constant misery. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I just saw him <laughs> score five goals and beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, who probably is one of the few teams that are struggling worse than the Flyers. I was going to but- say,
1: congratulations. You saw the one win in the last, what, dozen? I, I did want to yeah. ask you, though. You, mentioned, you need to go more. You mentioned. I know.
0: You're right. You <laughs> mentioned, like, the Fanatic giving nuggies and, and things like that. Do mascots have to act different in the postseason than they do in the regular season with the, well, like it's not quite a, yeah. a May or June game with nothing on the line, yeah. the tension in the stadium, the stakes that are there does, does a mascot do anything different or they just go do the same stuff?
2: Well, th- th- you know, logistically it's harder because you don't have room. <laughs> Everybody's there. They're in the aisleways, standing room only. It's all, virtually from a, from a technical logistical standpoint of a performer, in a character costume it's really hard during the playoffs to get around so you got to find places where you can go where everybody can see you you make quick little visits here and there um and then you get out of the way uh you know there's never a time when this is what's so beautiful about the fanatic you, you got uh smoltz talking about the fanatic and not wanting to know like he said well i never really met the guy inside which was me when he was playing said so i never really met him i don't want to meet him because he's like a kid he doesn't want you just want to lose the perception that the fanatic is real. So the, the great mascots like the fanatic are become part of the broadcast. I mean, that's a multi billion dollar production in terms of revenue and eyeballs. And they they gave uh, you know total out of out of all the broadcasts from there through the World Series, probably thirty straight minutes of the fanatic talking about them, showing them. Um, it, and so you know it's it's really really important work during the season what's great about it is that because of just the lack of tension the lack of um you know the payoff for winning at any particular game uh is that you entertain yourself (laughs) you're out there trying to entertain yourself and and all the traveling i did on the road working in minor league minor league games there there were games when actually i got to know everybody in the stands because there were like 50 people there so i had i had nine innings of entertaining 50 people and i just started doing focused on, hey, I'm gonna make sure I get these people to laugh and smile. I don't care about the fact that there's not that many more people here. Uh, so you just, you're you're having fun. You are enjoying yourself n I think 90% of what I did in creating the Fanatics personality were the things that I enjoyed. And the reason why it resonates in his personality was I'm a huge Phillies fan. So I understood our insecurity. I had the heartbeat of a Phillies fan in me. So while I was trying to entertain myself, I'm doing things that everybody else that was a fan like I was would be doing the same thing. You know, pinwheeling the Mets Mets hat onto the field, eventually bringing it back to him. But after I rubbed it in my, in the fanatic's underarms and stuck the tongue at it, maybe, you know, stepped on the dirt with it and then handed it back to the Mets fan. Everybody lived vicariously through the, the the fanatic doing that because they'd get kicked out of the stadium if they did that. So it's entertaining yourself and it's really. I really believe that the best performers in this industry are huge fans of the sport. They're not just there because they were a theater performer and this was their outlet. They're 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 big
1: died-in-the-wool fans, and they just happen to have a great talent for doing it. But if but if you're in it, let's say the game like the no hitter game four of the World Series, what do you do in that situation? If you if 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 you're the mascot, if he's a Phillies fan. You, he cries. If you're a fan, you're stressed out. You're not happy. How, how do you, what do you do? Do you fade into the background or do you go out there and try to cheer people up or put a hex on the other team or what do you do? Well, I, <laughs>
2: it's a, it's a great question. And and so I got to pull you out of the technical, but we were talking about the technical part of it. Mm-hmm. The real true mental part of it is you lose yourself. So if you develop a personality, like it, like the fanatics personality, you truly are that personality. So none of that affects, I mean, the, the fanatic is so, um, confident and knowing that everything's going to work out. He has, you know, he has the the mind and uh, and the heart of a child in that regard, like n- nothing's ever going to happen bad. Um, and when it does, he's devastated for a minute and then he's right back into the thing. So I think uh, again, technically you want to be careful with that game because you don't want to have buddy to say that you jinxed anything. So you're careful where you are, when you are. Um, and as a fan, you are excited about it, but when you're working, it's, it's truly you're in that moment and you're seeking people out, that aren't necessarily connected to the no hitter. So they're younger people, maybe casual fans, and you're going to interact with them and you're leaving the rest of the people alone. You know, it's, it's, it's a balancing act between, well, who really cares about this? You can see it on people's faces. And you go to areas where maybe you're can be seen by the crowd, but you're not around a lot of people. So on the top of the dugout is a place, um, you know, and then in other areas where this, they can see it, but I think it's the personality Jeff takes you over and you, you just, you know, I miss so many Phillies games. When people said, "Oh, you're at the game; it's so great," I, I'm not really seeing the game. I, I really catch up when I would go in for a break and watch what was happening on the television and get caught up in a, in my in my dressing room. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you don't really get to see it. You do, a lot of times, you actually don't know what's going on until you recalibrate during a break
1: and say, "Oh my gosh, we're this is six innings in to a no hitter." You, you talk about. Well, hold on, because because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a, a moment, okay. First, it's gonna be with me with one of my grievances, which is the Eagles chant at other sporting events, which I, I don't really understand to this day. The Fanatic does the not nuts. lead that chant. Right. Well, obviously, because he doesn't speak. But <laughs> but one of the beauties of the Phillies World Series run was there were no Eagles chants during those games. So. You know, I'm going to get, I'm happy that that happened, but I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes to talk about your Eagles.
0: Oh, look at that. Some Eagles yeah. talk. Well,
1: look just, at the, just be kind when we talk well, J- about the Jason,
2: Giants. why don't Jason weigh in on the, <laughs> I want to hear what you think about the Eagles' chance at other sporting
0: environments. Look, I, I've, i've never really been quite into it frankly i mean i I go to watch the game i'm at but i don't mind fans doing that i more have a grievance with the wave at the game than i do a chant at the game so if we're talking about grievances of the game people can yell whatever they want it's when they stand up indiscriminately for the wave that i draw the line and i'm like no that's enough already so that's kind of where i come down i know that's not the direction jeff was looking for with that one (laughs) but your your thoughts on it
1: well
2: so i would say um let's just assume the cheer is a display of your love of the Eagles. Um, if they're going to wipe all that out, they're not going to have a, a, you know, Brandon Grant come in and ring the bell at a Sixers game. Right. Why would they do that? It's this, well, it's, it's this, I think it's this. And the reason why you didn't hear Eagles cheers at the world series, is because we were, we were at their version of the, of the Super Bowl, And no one's going to mm-hmm. be making some, some Phillies cheer during that time. We were at the pinnacle. So it didn't matter because the Eagles hadn't really gotten there yet. It looked, you know,
0: looked like they were doing well. Well, And and the other athletes were here. I mean, you had the Eagles players there watching the games. You had the Sixers players, you had the union. And that's the thing that's been fun is instead of the competition that you've seen of the one-upsmanship in, in prior years, you're sort of having a jumping on the bandwagon where the teams kind of support each other, which kind of makes it more fun. I think when the teams do that. So right now it's one and OU for the best grievance because the wave is absolutely correct.
2: And Jeff's one is lame about the Eagles' cheers. He's just a, he's a grumpy old man we, when he says We that. will keep tracking and get to
0: there more grievances we're, we're, we're shortly. We're
1: to get off my lawn. Right? I, okay. Jeff is yeah. the get off my lawn, off my lawn. part We've of the show. The but before theory. we get
0: to more grievances, I did want to ask you about the emotion of a mascot. Um, I did not realize that this would get into a larger story, but the Stanford tree mascot, uh, the gentleman who plays him, is currently suspended for carrying a Stanford hates fun banner on the field. Talk to me about the history of the Stanford mascot and the challenge that a mascot has in terms of what they can say and do versus how it reflects on the people that they're out there saying and doing it for. Yeah. Well, first of all, whoever's suspending that, that performer for doing a wonderful thing should be
2: put in a dunk tank. The next fundraiser for for Stanford (laughs) charities, uh, because it was just flat out wrong. However, the, the Stanford Tree Program, you know, I've known about them for years. And when the when when the mascot Hall of Fame opened up in Whiting, Indiana, we had this uh, big media conference uh, press conference where a lot of remote um, reporters from other areas around the country were came in to ask questions. And there was a reporter from the Stanford Magazine. that's a student-run magazine, and he wanted to know what I thought about the Stanford Tree and how it might possibly be considered to be inducted in the Mascot Hall of Fame. And I said, well. Explained to him that's out of my control because there is a process. But if I had anything to say about it, I I would absolutely consider Stanford Tree because it was a pure form of brilliant stupidity. And he went, oh, he kind of recoiled a little bit, you know, um, on the call, and he said, I'm not too sure that would land well here. And I go, no, no, you've got to understand, in my world, that's the highest level of competency in the in the world of powerful fun. Of fun is that you're. It's, it's serious fun, it's brilliant stupidity. Uh, and your students are, are so stressed with the work they have to do because that's not a school that you go to and not be a serious student. But in order to be able to maintain that, you've got to have a chance to have some fun and and hopefully safe fun. Um, and the tree represents the student's desire to enjoy themselves. And it, it's, a, it's a perfect banner for the Stanford tree to pull behind was, you're fun killers here, stop it. That, it it was that's perfect and and they allow the stanford tree to be run by students so why would they you know put the hammer down it's different if the student is inebriated that has happened before with that program too but you know i i just think that was a that's a perfect reflection of exactly what i'm preaching is we have to understand how vitally important it is to to enjoy yourself and to make others laugh uh during times of difficulty and stress and He was complaining about them cracking down on parties and and drinking. And I understand why that's such a big thing in the college campuses today. And I understand that, but but that's a beautiful banner. (laughs) And I, I guarantee you, except for that one group of administrators, it was funny to everybody else.
0: Let's stop it there for a sec. Keep the conversation going after the break, we'll come back and we'll get into some grievances with Dave
1: Raymond, stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work.
2: Keep listening at 97.5 HD2, online or on any smart device. 860 AM, WWDB, Philadelphia now concludes its broadcast day.
1: All right, so here's your chance. Your chance, it is Festivus. Your airing of grievances, take the floor.
2: I got a lot of problems with you people. You're going to hear about it. There you go. Floor's yours. It's my... My greatest. That was one, yeah, there's many great moments in Seinfeld. That was one of my best. His um, George's dad is phenomenal. Um, well, I, so I, I've got two mascots and one general. What What would you like to hear first? Go for the mascots first. All right. So, so uh, I'll go with my the one that I was going to say second. I'm gonna go first because I like it better. So, just recently, you saw the uh, the Jaguars. Uh, beat the cow gr- uh, cowboys sorry um <laughs> the the cow cockroaches well anyway the cowboys they beat them right they came back mm-hmm. and in one of the one of the it was either the tying touchdown or the go ahead the two players that were in I, it might have been it might have been lawrence i can't remember who who met the receiver or the running back i, I don't know the details to score the touchdown and their mascot sir Purr, was right there and they ran up and hugged the mascot i'm like all this stuff about celebrations, you know, you make a tackle, the team's down by two touchdowns, and you're jumping all over the place. Let's have a little love for the mascot. Stop leaving him alone in the, in the end zone. Was this when he NFL. was
1: wearing a Speedo, by the way? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. What oh, saying. there's another one where he's just wearing a speedo. because well, So you. So, he, he so he you believe that,
0: that I, mascots should get like. It, not that I appreciate the Dallas celebrations, but like when they get in the Salvation Army pot. Yeah. That the Dallas Cowboy mascot should get in there with Zeke, basically, yeah, is what you're they saying. Should, they
2: should pull the mascot in, make him the center of some dance. I mean, imagine that. That is the one thing that these that these players have not done. And I know that the performer there's been there for a long while. That's a very valued mascot in uh in Jacksonville, like like the Fanatic is in Philadelphia. So it was perfect. It was like Casey Wolfe is the same type of character. Um, but I want to see more of that. That that's the that's the pure um benefit to show the character to fans that the players embrace the character too, like Bryce Harper has done for the Fanatic. It just really pulls it all together. So my area of grievance is that there has not been more mascot related um celebrations uh specifically in the nfl because it's such a perfect place to do it Uh, my other one is that it just shows these these people that are writing and producing commercials that they they grasp onto one that they love and then they just hammer it to death so the two mascot performers one guy comes in they're nondescript costumes you can tell it's a football because they're wearing shoulder pads he comes in, takes his head off opens up a cooler he's got a beer and he sits down to drink a beer, and then the opposing mascot walks into the same locker room, shrugs his shoulders, guy waves in on, they take their heads off, and they have, they have a beer together. Well, then they hammer the. It was funny, right? And then they hammer the commercial through the. That was last year football. Last year's football season wasn't rolled out. It might have even been Super Bowl. And then they run it through basketball games, and it, it's not football anymore. Like, why don't you guys get off your butt and do one? for a baseball game. It's not that hard.
0: Full it's mascot hard. Empo- and a full mascot employment. Dave Raymond is arguing for here. Do not yeah, limit I mean, it. Come on.
2: It's, I mean, it was a good, and it, again, in my industry, I have to say, this is a bad idea. <laughs> you shouldn't be drinking beer <laughs> while you're in costume, but it's funny. It's a it great, it must be commercial. hard to
1: drink a beer while you're in costume too. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you're not supposed to take your heads off. They do everything that we tell performers not to do, but it's, you know, in the locker room, taking a break behind the scenes. And I loved it but then they could have done so much more with that. And it's instead, they just keep running the same commercial. And I'm like, come on guys, you know, you're, you're a company that has a a lot a huge marketing budget. Just continue to have fun. Tell that story further. It would be fun if they
0: had like a series of mascots sort of for all the different sports going through it. Like that would be kind of entertaining, I think.
2: Yeah. And it's, they are
1: supposed to be creative.
0: I mean,
2: (laughs) that's the point. That's my grievance is that these people, they get locked into one good idea, and then they they just don't. That's like that was it, you know. They get one good idea a decade, and that's what we got to watch for the rest of the time because someone is not come up with another idea.
1: That's why so the now, Super Bowl for years had hor- horses and dogs in every commercial.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and frogs, horses, dogs, and frogs. And now your non mascot um, grievance.
2: Uh, now, now my in this one, I know all of you. Every American sports fan is going to love this grievance because we're all saying it. So because of the World Cup, and, I, and I'm, I'm a really big European football fan. Um, I, I enjoy it. One of my clients was Manchester City, and I got a chance to watch Manchester City say, play Real Madrid, and I was standing right on the sidelines uh, where the corner kicks are made, and I'm just so appreciative of them as athletes. But you know what? How hard is it to, when somebody gets hurt, you go click and turn the clock off?
0: And then when the guy gets up and you're ready – Click, turn the clock on. So at the end of the game, we, how many extra minutes? You, do you don't enjoy oh. nine minutes of stoppage time that only the ref knows exactly how many of those nine minutes have already been played. And oh, when hold you, on. But,
1: but hold on. It's in, the in, dumbest
2: in, thing in sports ever yes but but nothing else can compare to how the stupidity of that not brilliant stupidity just flat-out stupidity right but at least in
1: european soccer you at least know how many minutes In, in the mls it's like this big mystery that you can't even know how much extra time there is it's just you're you're randomly sitting there going, "Oh, are they going to be able to shot take By a the shot?" By the way, oh,
0: Dave, Jeff did, it? It did not make any sense. Jeff did not have that listed as an official grievance. But we have sat at games before where he has complained about that specific thing, not seeing how much
2: extra time was up up there. What <laughs> What's the secret? There is no. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's the stubbornness of the rest of the world, because they know that America is the only country. That has really not embraced this amazing sport, which is just by sheer numbers. I mean, you, you look at what happened, uh, where they had to air uh, they had to air rescue the team because four million people showed up um, in Argentina to celebrate the World Cup. So, so obviously, this has captured the hearts and souls of people. But when they hear Americans complain about the stupidity of it, they get stubborn and go, "Oh no, that's that's what we do." Instead of looking and realizing it. That it really is stupid. The rest of the world needs to realize (laughs) this is the dumbest thing ever. And all you have to do is just stop the clock. Why don't you do that? Purely because they're stubborn and say, well, this is the way we've been doing it for thousands of years. So, okay, so you've been doing it wrong for thousands of years. It's time to change, it's tradition.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, tradition. See, okay, Jeff brought it up. So you said it earlier. Tradition is Jeff's way of saying, get off my lawn. He <laughs> doesn't want something changed. Like, anytime Jeff doesn't want something changed, it's tradition. But the tradition of the shift that was brought in in baseball, he is very excited to see go, and that is one of his grievances, though he has added an additional grievance to well, complain wait, about I get after the it, shift. Now, Goes. Go ahead, Jeff.
1: <laughs> so so- – I, I'm finally, my grievances after years, every year, I think I bring this up in the area of grievances, which is the shift. Now they're actually going to change the shift, but we've had on players like Greg Dobbs, who have said to me, managers are just going to find different rules to get around the shift. Like they're going to start running before the play starts. So my grievance for next year, I'm already putting in there, which is the managers who need to find ways around a rule. That's supposed to eliminate the thing that I'm so annoyed at. <laughs>
2: I think, all right, I'm gonna, I got to give Jeff um, the title so far. That is, that's one of the uh, grievances that made me laugh the most.
0: Yeah, no, Jeff is definitely consistent in his um, desire to get rid of the shift, to blow it up any way that he cannot have it occur until somebody hits it through the hole that's been abandoned by the shift next year. And Jeff goes, if only we would it have had somebody over there to, to block that, which will definitely happen. OK, I got to ask you, Jeff gives me pushback all the time because you're somebody who's, you know, work with kids a lot with mascots. The late start times for sporting events. Uh, I hate it. Um, I like daytime opportunities for kids to see things. I'm at this point old and my kids don't sleep through the night, so I don't want the game to end at midnight when my child's going to wake up at 4 a.m. Your thoughts on the late start times, which, by the way, the Phillies went in the opposite direction this year and did 630 starts during the week a lot of times for people to be able to go. And that half hour makes a huge difference. You get through an inning and a half, two innings of baseball for a kid to see before they're ready for bed. Yeah, Jason, I'm 100% on board with you with that. But, but the
2: solution is economics. There is no solution. It's going to remain that way because the economics. So w- you saw uh, what I, – I, I'm not wrong in saying in the playoffs we had some daytime games because it suited the schedule because they had so many people – so many teams playing. So they could do the triple header. So all we have to do is to figure out a way to make it so that the owners and baseball makes more money when they do that. So I, I don't know how you do that, but I absolutely agree. It baseball for me, and this is also my complaint with baseball. They seem to be the one major league sports that will talk all about youth development and what they're trying to do, but almost everything that they do in terms of generating revenue and building the model is a negative consequence to build young fans. I mean, if I could, my area of is there's no, there's no version of, Uh, the baseball bunch with uh, the chicken and Johnny bench doing a Saturday cartoon entertainment piece with baseball as a backdrop. And, and yet you look at the NFL's relationship with Nickelodeon, with the, you know, with the slime and all that. I mean, that, that's, that's so innovative to get young people. That's what you have to do today to get young people involved. And baseball constantly just seems to be oblivious to the fact um, that, I think in the long run, you're going to start losing fans that are going to be generational for you. I mean, the, the father and son and that love of baseball can't, is not going to generate enough income and in viewers. So, yeah, they got to figure out a way to do it. Why not do a special game time for a young audience and, and let Nickelodeon, you know, let Nickel- Nickelodeon pay or Disney, whoever owns Nickelodeon, to pay baseball to have the opportunity to have a day game. But
1: uh, well, wait, here's an idea. What's the best, what's the best part, best sporting event for baseball, the home run derby. Do that during the day. Put that on someplace like Nickelodeon. Yeah. And so, that's, 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 that's the that, thing that kids want to see. Yep. And you see the launch angles
2: and all the, all the analytics get, played in that. I thought, Oh, did you said job. a bad
0: word for Jeff. He'll, add, sorry, some, he'll add something to his launch grievance angle list. With a You're You're angle. But, you know, you
2: did the you of the, of the, uh, of the home derby, right. um, uh, this year, it was done really well. It's it's that's when I thought, okay, this, this is, this is a good move. This is what the, I'm sorry. I got pop-ups on my screen and I suddenly couldn't see you. Um, that you know, I, a I that was too. really, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, and it, and it's 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 the uh, it's the stock market that pops up all the time, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Oh, that's uh, a grievance <laughs> too. the stock market. This yeah, I don't, I don't want to see uh, But it's it was really done well, and it, and it, you know, I just got done shooting at at Major League Baseball. They did a great job in the All Star Game this year. Um, I have no idea what what the NFL is doing with the pro bowl. I mean, I get it. I think it's, they cannot have a football game anymore for the pro bowl. I, I think it should be just some sort of a, you know, skills competition like they're talking about or, or a banquet for God's sakes, and just, you know, show it on on television and and give these guys a trophy and shake their hands and just show highlights of them. Cause it's just not capable of sustain itself with all of the concern about injuries now. So I I think creative, you hit on it, Jeff. I think the creative stuff they could do around these um, All-Star Games, which are really becoming ineffective in terms of any type of serious competition, or in the case of the NFL, worrying about injuries um, and that players don't want to go and play uh, in the, uh, you know, in in the um, in, in the NFL's uh, uh, All-Star Game. So let's figure out a way to regenerate those into, um, uh, you know, video gaming uh, fandom. Have them come. And, and be a part of that so um, i don't know what it is but i i would love to be on any of the think tanks for major league baseball on how to connect to kids better because i i think if they listen to a group of people that uh, have some experience like i do um, it would be very helpful because it just doesn't look like they're they're focusing and, and really doing something other than inner city youth and and at-risk kids they've always done that well i but in terms of really driving the game to like my son, when he was six or seven, it was really hard for us to do that. Fortunately, because as a dad, I really paid attention to all my kids about showing them and the Phillies was obviously part of our family. So, um, but I think they just need to work on, that's an area in grievances that major league baseball has got to work on youth development in terms of making them fans.
0: Well, look, I've been partnering with Jeff. He can find grievances all day. But at this point, we'll, all we'll, week. we'll, we'll, we'll let <laughs> you go. We could keep talking to you for the rest of the day, but we'll let you go. Any year-end messages to sports fans everywhere through the perspective of fun and happiness? Yeah.
2: Do not, whatever it is you're spending, and I know not everybody can afford uh, to go to games, but what, whatever you're investing, your time or your money, To go see a sport. Don't have anybody ever tell you that it's not valuable. And because it's a place where your brain needs to be refreshed and rewired and removed from the hell that life can be at times. So here's the thing. When you're when you're feeling really down, when you're struggling and you've tried other things that don't work, go to a sporting event. And in your local area, whether it's your college or in your area or to a major league or a minor league game, because it's the best medicine that you could ever take. Even a Flyers game. Even a Flyers
0: game. <laughs> <laughs> Davey, come on. That's, that's right. Yeah, Dave that's right. Raymond, ambassador of fun, hero of happiness. I will not make that mistake again. Uh, you have a wonderful rest of the year. We look forward to talking to you next year and continued success.
2: Yeah, I, I love being with you guys. I'll do it anytime. Thank you for helping me with the time on this one too. For them. And happy Festivus. And I appreciate it. Happy, happy Festivus. Festivus. <laughs> Here are those grievances, Jeff. Come on. <laughs>
0: There's nothing like talking fun and happiness with the ambassador of fun or the host of happiness. Jeff, thanks for correcting me on the name, but I was glad we got some grievances. I have to that.
1: correct you again. It's not the host of happiness. It's the hero. I'll get it right
0: eventually. Look, <laughs> we in, in fairness, it's our, our listeners probably have a grievance with the fact that you always have to correct me on this show. And that's okay. Oh,
1: no, it's not always. Re- regularly. No, no, it's not always. I'll, I'll take that. I let that. him fly.
0: I'll take that. But I was glad that we got some grievances from the mascot point of view, Jeff, the the things you don't think about there.
1: Especially since the mascots don't usually get a chance to
0: speak. Well, they they wanted a little more attention.
1: Although, if you're you're Mr. Met, you found ways to to show your grievances with certain fingers. Oh, yes. You've done yeah. just fine. And, and look, if you're the Stanford mascot, you found signs work for you instead of speaking. So
0: he's very supportive of the Stanford mascot's ability to speak his mind.
1: Um, you know, it sh- it shows how highbrow we are that we're able to speak about Stanford. But when we do, we're not talking about education. We're talking about mascots. Damn right.
0: right. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it up with the grievances. We've gotten through a couple of our grievances with Dave so far far the shift we got through you don't like the eagles chance at other sporting events um we, i got the wave out there uh we talked a little bit about late sports starts with dave um look i'm tired at this point but i, I think it's important to get kids more into games i'm more Onto this than you are. I brought it up because the union's schedule has every game starting at 7:30 at night on a Wednesday or a Saturday, and it's hard to get my young kids into soccer if I'm not DVRing the games or showing them highlights. And then not just soccer. Any sport that starts at nine o'clock at night is, if you have young kids who aren't up past a bedtime time, it's hard to get them into that sport if the games aren't. Yeah, but you just you
1: just you you just said nine o'clock at night. The games aren't at nine o'clock at night. The example that you used doesn't work. Okay. Because the example you used is for the MLS, which is not at nine o'clock at night. It's at seven thirty at, at night. Seven thirty, and and so here's the problem with your argument. If if I were to tell you the Eagles weren't going to be on every Monday night football game, yes. You'd be excited because you would say that means they're the premier team and they don't suck. So you actually already and asked so, me this hold before on, we got so, on the so, air. And I so, wouldn't Yeah, but people can't hear it when 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 we're not on the air. But I wouldn't luckily be for them. My point is you are now complaining about the fact that you have one of the best MLS teams because they're a premier team. That they want them to be on at seven thirty every single time. I don't, I don't particularly like having all night games for the Eagles. I
0: don't like having late games. I, I just, it's not. I enjoy the one o'clock start and
1: the four o'clock start. I'm I don't sure need to do, have the eight f- o'clock prime time games. Yeah, but the fact is, is is there's a reason that they're on at night. I'm Look, not saying that there shouldn't be day games. I'm I, saying that you, you using the union as the example is the wrong example. I, I understand,
0: you. and you're right. The, the fact that there is a spotlight on the team means that the team is desirable to watch. I just think not giving any opportunities, and we mentioned it with Dave, the Phillies kind of went in the opposite direction last year, and I think they're doing it again next year, where all of their midweek games are going to start at 6.30, and people who don't have young kids are like, oh, what's the difference between 6 30 and 7 5 or 7 30 that's the difference between 35 minutes or an hour of my two and a half year old being able to watch the game with me before we go up to bedtime
1: well yeah and life comes full circle so you're acting like the only people that matters to are the people with young kids well what about those of us that are considered old
0: well the game if will we, still be going we wanna, we wanna on go to too. <laughs> the game will still be going of course well look right. if you want to make a different side argument I mean, for why it should be early because
1: you watch everything I, I still have not if you want a grievance Somebody's going to have to explain to me how you sit there and you can tell me on a daily basis all of the innocuous sporting events you watch, and there's no way there's no picture-in-picture in, picture in TVs anymore. I know you don't have a room that has ten TVs set up. So how is it that you're able to watch all of these events within 24 hours oh, of time okay. so and that, still raise two kids that actually, and have
0: a happy marriage? That it actually sense to me. gets to my next grievance because the way that I do it is through it's streaming. My grievance. No, but my grievance your grievance is about me, but that leads to my grievance of I do it through streaming. So I'll have the iPad will have a game on, the phone will have something on the at the TV.
1: same time? Of course
0: the radio Why? look i have how been that, how could that be enjoyable i did i i find it enjoyable don't yuck somebody else's yum what are you doing over there jeff no, you,
1: you <laughs> can do it hey look more power to you if that's what you want to, so he, but here's like, my beef though. you want to focus on a sporting event and enjoy the highs and lows of that event not one while one high is going on on one event a low is going on on the other event
0: you clearly don't watch nfl red zone do you no, I do not. Of course, because we are completely different sports fans. You want to be I in attention. the moment of the game, <laughs> deeply invested in something that you really don't care about, but you love that game. You're into it. It's I like want, a movie to me, but I, I don't want know the ending. constant That's what sports ornament. I want constant action. And and it goes back to it's really funny because my dad never watched a full game. He never watched a commercial. He would always change the remote back and forth where he wouldn't miss a play on either game. So, the, like, CBS would have the game and Fox would have the game. And he would never miss a play and yet would never see a commercial. Regardless. Oh, it's hereditary in your face. Oh, absolutely. Look, <laughs> I inherited my inability to just watch sports peacefully from my father. There's no doubt about that. My beef with the streaming is not even that we're going to streaming. It's that... Every stream is different. So, like, if you happen to put the game on your iPad and then go someplace on your phone. It's at a different point where if it's streaming on Twitter, it's different. If it's live on TV, it's different. If it's on the radio, nothing is synced up with the stream. So I'd like them to get the streams correct. Since everything is moving to streaming, including the Sunday ticket now
1: for the NFL. I'm curious how that impacts sports bars. I am so lost with that whole, what what you just said, like my eyes glazed over. So you never if like the streaming on one thing is different than the other. Yes. Okay. And if you're watching the game on TV, how many? so you're watching the same game on multiple devices. If you're watching the game on
0: TV and you have to leave, you have to go out someplace and you go from mm-hmm. the TV to the mobile phone. They are okay. at different parts of the game.
1: And if After you turn 10 seconds, if you turn on it, 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 and if how you, do you care?
0: If you turn on the radio, that's also not synced up. So I can't listen to Merrill and Mike while watching the stream while I'm out. Cause it's not at the same time.
1: Like I like, you know what the problem is? You have too many devices. Oh, that's, that's the problem. the only <laughs> thing that I can come up with is that somebody. All right, Grandpa all Cohen. What do, you, what do you mean I have too many devices?
0: You yeah. have more devices than me. You have an Apple Watch on your arm that I don't even have the dings all the time. Like, right. you have just as many devices. I just happen to use them to watch lots of sports. That's what you don't like.
1: Well, that's it. No, no I, I, you, it's not a question of whether I like it or not, but you want to talk about a first world problem if you're complaining about a, a five second lag. No, no, no. When you leave, when you leave your hdtv it, it clearly, you walk out to your car and start watching on your thousand dollar iphone
0: it clearly is a first world problem but oh, as that's they that's move funny. away you can't say but after no you definitely can because as they move away from any traditional way of having media on television to these mm-hmm. streaming packages they have to get it right because a lot of fans watch the eagles with Marilyn and mike synced up to their tv and now they're not going to watch the game on TV because the game's on Amazon or the game's on YouTube. And if they want to yes, watch. They
1: are. They're going to watch it. They're just not going to listen on the radio while they watch on TV. But
0: there's a lot of fans who don't like that national broadcast announcer. They want the local.
1: And you I'm know, sorry. We have the technology
0: out. that we should be able to get this right because it's my damn grievance, Jeff. So I'm <laughs> allowed to complain about
1: it, even if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> look around the studio you, you, you want you want these miracle things to happen Quit radio and tv is synced up have you not seen how technology doesn't work okay technology
0: should be able to work better move on to your next gripe that you have in grievance i will give you
1: mr clemson himself as we have five minutes till we have to go i i, I didn't i wasn't planning on using this grievance until you decided to annoy the bleach of me <laughs> By sending me the Dabo quote that about the uh, asked about the NIL and saying that the Clemson football program was made in in the how did he say it Uh, the name image and likeness of Jesus I believe was the way that he
0: said it but um, I I appreciate if you tell it's troubling I appreciate if you tell our listeners the text that I sent you after I sent you that text message at the same time. I don't remember.
1: I just remember sending you back a throw up emoji. I wish I was there to see your face when you read
0: this text Mm. message was exactly what I sent afterwards. Well, you know, you're not a Dabo fan to begin with.
1: I'm not a Dabo fan to begin with, but I but this is a public university. And Dabo thinks that somehow his program, he he thinks that God somehow is is deciding whether his program should win over another program. Uh like. Uh, it's football, Dabo. Look, like, I, I'm just going to tell you, uh, players want
0: money for their name, image, and likeness. Now, Dabo can go and say that all day long. Dabo knows he's going and asking boosters to give to NIL. And if he's not being honest about that, he's just not being honest.
1: Da- and, um, and, and by the way, Dabo, Dabo likes to covet their neighbors' wins and losses. So,
0: that that um, is true. Um, <laughs> I have a short grievance because it's not worried about, it's not worth anything longer. The Flyers organization as a whole. I just, that's a sports experience. I love hockey. I love the flyers. I can't, stand, I can't stand <laughs> to watch to what's part. going on with my team. I watched the Rangers flyers game the other night that was at Wells Fargo. And you would have thought it was at MSG with the chance and the, the amount of blue shirts, uh, Jeff. Too.
1: Well, but that's always been that way. No, nah, I mean, it's its the, so yes, much it worse. Even, in, even in, I remember when I first moved here, Thirty years ago, and went to a Rangers Flyers game, and there were more Rangers fans than the Flyers fans. It's so much worse than it's been. It really well. That's is. because they're so much. They worse. are There's, there, uh, there is no plan that I can see when it comes to the Flyers. No, none,
0: none. Absolutely none. And, you know, you would have thought that last year the empty seats would have opened their eyes up. They clearly aren't paying attention. And now Torrello gets upset when you even ask him about the decisions that he makes. Uh, I don't
1: understand how they thought this was a good idea to bring a guy in who's a powder keg to begin with. Oh, it's a terrible idea. Irritates everyone and put him in a losing situation with no chance of success. Terrible. How did they think that was going to end? Is there any chance that Torrello is here next year?
0: Mm, I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I, I, I'd be very surprised if he is. Jeff, I'll let you pick your last grievance with our last minute before we sign off. Take your pick.
1: Which one? Which, which choices do I have?
0: You have gambling in sports, execs we who don't keep that. their words, or cheaters? Cheaters. Cheaters? You don't like cheaters? Oh.
1: Well, does anybody like cheaters? Well, how about Cal McCarr, who actually actually
0: came out and turned down a penalty because he didn't. That's where
1: I wanted to go with this is instead of the grievance. Here's here's a different kind of Jeff, the different side of Jeff. So instead, instead of (laughs) one that you've never seen on this show before, (laughs) instead of the, the grievance about cheating and complaining about the cheating and how I heard the other day, some announcer saying you're not you're not trying if you're not cheating. You had Kale McCarr, who sat there and tripped (laughs) over his own skate, and the ref was about to call a penalty, and Kale McCarr got up and told the ref, no, I tripped myself. And all I could think is, is in this city and many cities, that he would be being ripped right now. Because he did that Instead of taking In Colorado court. He got ripped for it too They weren't uh, That's I, I said In most cities That he would
0: He even I, said afterwards I felt a lot more guilty About doing it Than probably If I would have said
1: nothing I don't know If
0: it's something I'd do again But he did do The right thing And
1: it's, You know it's, But it's one of the things About hockey Is is that hockey On the one hand They can punch each other To death And then and then They have this Level of sportsmanship That you always talk about With the, the lines I the lines in the Stanley Cup I love that it That hockey has These true. Traditions, and one of the, them is is sportsmanship in, in weird situations and a kudos to kale mccarr because the example he set is something that's going to be talked about for a long time instead of keep tripping and taking one penalty
0: jeff we're out of time other than hosting a show with me any other grievances
1: <laughs> you know what that's not a grievance i would (laughs) like i would like to say that it has been a pleasure to be doing this show as long as we've done
0: uh thanks so much for joining us this week of course i love doing the show with you i don't want to cut that off and not acknowledge it make sure to join us (laughs) next friday night to help you start your weekend in style have a great one and we'll talk to you next week Bye bye